I loved my oat milk lattes for, you know, as much as the next person for the longest time until I saw what my blood sugar was doing. And you guys, I know they taste so good and they're so creamy and you think Mm -hmm. it's healthy because it's non-dairy. But like, if we think about what oat milk is, okay, it's just ground up oats like mixed with water and oats are a carbohydrate. And like, typically they're adding, they're adding some sugar to it. And they're probably also adding maybe some seed oils to Mm. the oat milk as well, just for consistency and to make it last a little bit longer. Um, But that aside, it's basically a sugar bomb is how your body (laughs) processes oat milk. You're listening to the Fit Style Podcast, where you'll learn how to live a holistic lifestyle in a conventional society. I'm your host, Patty Lauren, and I'm a functional personal trainer with almost a decade of experience. I'm also living an unconventional lifestyle in the midst of having an autoimmune disease. I'll show you how to go against society's standards of health, beauty, and lifestyle and learn to live your best life yet. What a time to be alive. Be your own advocate and let's live well together. All right. Welcome back, friends. This is episode three of the Fit Style Podcast. So today is going to be all about balancing your blood sugar, why it's important, what you can do to help balance your blood sugar throughout the day to leave you feeling fuller, longer, and to impact your long-term health. Joining me today is Caitlin Tate. She's a certified holistic nutrition coach. She's passionate about helping others learn about blood sugar and living a holistic lifestyle. She's also a fitness coach and a recipe developer. I'm so excited for this chat today. I think you will learn a lot of awesome information and have tools that you can start implementing today to help change your life. Okay, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us today on this very special episode. I'm very excited about this. Um, Tell the listeners about yourself, how you got into nutrition, and why you're so passionate about helping people learn how to balance their blood sugar. Hey, well, thanks for having me on, first of all. Um, I am a holistic nutrition coach, and I'm also a recipe developer, um, which is really fun. But um, how I got into nutrition probably just from my own journey of having health issues growing up and not really understanding what the root cause of anything was. Mm -hmm. And then I think also from a young age, I just remember having some sort of discernment about the food that I was putting in my body and whether it was going to be beneficial to me, like in my health or not. Um, Not so much in a like, in an aesthetics perspective, but more of like, I remember seeing a cardboard box of McDonald's chicken nuggets. Oh no. (laughs) At my grandma's house. And it it was just a cardboard box um, that she was using to store things. But um, 
I remember like looking at the ingredients and counting 32 ingredients. <laughs> I was like, I was like eight years old and wow, way too many ingredients for chicken nuggets. And I never went back to McDonald's after that. Wow. At eight. Yeah. That's impressive. Did you, yeah. were your, was your family like that at all? Or were you, is that just something you think you inherently like had in you? It's were they like mindful and- they, yeah, I would, I would say more mindful than some of my other friends' families. Um, it's funny because when I was listening to your first podcast, I was thinking your first podcast episode, I was thinking about this and uh, my parents were really great about giving my brother and I like different fruits and veggies, like artichokes and avocados. And we stopped eating off the kid's menu when we were like, again, probably eight years old. That's cool. (laughs) So I think that definitely shaped, but, um, blood sugar wise, I actually was pretty hypoglycemic growing up and just crash all the time. And really it's like through college and into post-college when I started learning about blood sugar and how it could help even me out I was like I want to know more about this and I want to help educate other people too who just don't even know anything about this of how it could their livelihood and metabolism their energy their sleep all the things so yeah yeah that's cool. how I got to that's awesome. I love that. You were very um, ahead of your time, eight-year-old. <laughs> Not, I was still going probably to McDonald's at eight. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I did. I also did eat ice cream yeah. all the time. Yeah. So was not perfect, but like consciously you had knew some, I was making that decision. <laughs> yeah, you had some awareness. Yeah. Um, okay. So I feel, feel like right now, probably in the last like year or two, blood sugar is very trendy. Like we're seeing a lot of awareness about it. Um, and, and then that's a, that's a good trend, but, mm-hmm. um, tell, tell everyone why balancing and having balanced blood sugar throughout the day is so important short term. And then also in the long term. Yeah. So short term, I would say just for more balanced energy and a more stabilized mood, better sleep. When your blood sugar is going up and down, you might be more irritable or moody throughout the day, maybe even more just impulsive, or you have a lack of focus at work, or even just in conversation, um, your cortisol levels might be kind of all over the place. So that would be more short term. And then long term, we're talking um, a slowdown metabolism or your hormones are off again, um, mm-hmm. going back to cortisol. Um, it could be weight loss resistance. It could be insulin issues, um, something like PCOS or pre-diabetes, and then, you know, you go on from there. So, yeah, it's actually a really big issue, and I'm really glad it is that it is trending right now so that we can be more preventative about it. Well, it really does affect everything. 
And um, that's something that I've learned in the last three years as I've kind of gone through this, you know, Hashimoto's thing that I can tend to be insulin resistant because of that and learning how to balance my blood sugar helps, helps in every area, all those things that you touched on. Um, so tell us what happens during a blood sugar spike in your body. So you kind of went through like it can affect your mood and, Mm -hmm. you know, sleep and things like that. But when it happens, what is, what is actually going on when we, you know, go ham at, the Jenny's ice cream, you know, Mm, and (laughs) you, you you know, you get your favorite ice cream and you haven't had any other food and then what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So anytime you eat any form of a carbohydrate or a sugar, so here we've got our ice cream, your body is going to turn that carbohydrate into its simplest form, which is sugar. Um, that is going to cause your blood rise. So when your blood glucose or your blood sugar rises, it can't just stay up, right? So there's a hormone called insulin to bring it back down to a baseline. So whenever you eat, your blood sugar is going to spike if you have any form of carbohydrate or sugar. Mm-hmm. But um, when you don't have anything to slow that down, so maybe you're eating ice cream on an empty stomach, then you have this glucose rising, you have this insulin released. And if too much insulin is released, then your blood sugar is going to drop rapidly. Mm-hmm. And it might even drop below baseline. And so you might feel really good for a second, you know, you feel energetic because you've got that sugar high, (laughs) (laughs) but then you're feeling tired, you're feeling sluggish, you want to take a nap or go to bed. (laughs) Yep. This all sounds familiar. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a blood sugar spike and then a blood sugar drop because if it goes up, then it's got to come back down. Right. Exactly. And I think when we talk about blood sugar spikes, people, I think most people think of just sugar as causing glucose spikes. We don't really think about carbs are the same thing. So maybe you're watching your sugar intake, but you're eating carb heavy meals um, without other things to kind of stunt that spike. It's going to do the same thing as if you were just eating straight sugar, you know, and I I have realized I did the, like you, um, the very, uh, one of the glucose monitors. And Mm -hmm. I did that for a few months at the beginning of last year. And I realized like almost really even more than just eating straight sugar. Like if I ate a lot of carbs, it was, it was worse than if I had an ice cream, you know? Oh yeah. Um, okay. Well, Tell us, before we get into the next question, what is something someone can do if they're going to go have that ice cream or their treat or a carb-heavy thing? What's something that they can do in that same meal sitting to help reduce such an intense spike of their blood sugar? Yeah. I would say if if it's something sweet, try to have a meal right before it. So don't have it just like stand alone. If you, if you can help it, um, have it like as a dessert, like right after your meal. 
Um, if you are going to go get some sourdough pizza <laughs> and that's pretty carb heavy, mm-hmm. try to eat a salad first. So what that's doing is you're getting fiber before you eat those carbohydrates. Um, okay. So the things that slow down a blood sugar spike are going to be protein, fat, healthy fats, and fiber. And so if you are eating a salad before your pizza, then you're going to have a little bit less spike than you would if you were to just eat all of your pizza and like maybe a glass of wine. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about how alcohol affects our blood sugar? Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't do great things, right? No, especially, I know, <laughs> especially, especially wine, beer, cocktail, you know, those, those just tend to be higher in added sugar, or even if we're just talking about beer, it's a lot of empty carbohydrates. Again, with with nothing to slow down that glucose spike. Um, And what's interesting about alcohol is that it typically tends for the glucose to be stored in your body um, as fat Mm. instead. So when you have a glucose spike, your insulin acts as a carrier and it's either going to store it in your liver, in your muscles to be used for energy or as fat. And so alcohol kind of, you know, skips those first two. And just Um, goes straight for the fat. Yeah. It it just doesn't do great things. And we also know that it can mess up our sleep, but um, with alcohol, it kind of makes your, your decision-making go out the window a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so think, for example, you're going out to Mexican with friends on a Friday night. Already dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. So you have a couple margaritas. Well, you know, that's fine, whatever, but you're probably going to be more likely to eat a million chips (sighs) and salsa Literally a million for me. (laughs) Yeah, literally a million. And then your blood sugar is going to spike at the wazoo. Yeah. Just a side note, chips and salsa were one Mm. of the things that spiked my blood sugar like the highest. Yeah. Um, And then it comes back down and you're just more snacky the rest of the night. So you just like, you're just not thinking. Right. As well. That is so true. And I, that's one thing, you know, I talked about last week in the sober curious um episode is that I don't think I touched on this but you know I've noticed like if I do have more than maybe one drink or especially if you're out and you're having fun and you're with your friends like mm-hmm. you do you start like oh one chip turns into 10 and 10 turn into 20 and yeah. you know one time Brandon an hour out and he goes wow you're going through those chips like a wood saw <laughs> And when I did the glucose monitor, I mean, I think I texted you one of these times, like it was the highest it had. I mean, I'm pretty sure I turned diabetic for a few minutes. Like (laughs) it was, it was not good. And I mean, you just know, like, it doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to do those things, but 
I think having the tools to know, like, you know, have a salad before be just be more mindful of what's happening in your body and also how you're going to feel tomorrow, you know, and just make informed decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing that, and this isn't always convenient, but it's more so if I'm at my house and I know I'm going to go get ice cream or eat a carb heavy meal, just like when it makes sense, I'll put like a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in my water or like in a sparkling water Mm -hmm. and drink that. And that helps your muscles to soak up the glucose. Um, And so if I remember, not all the time, but if I remember, I'll try to do that or um, even just like going on a walk after a meal is really like the most helpful. And that's an easy thing to implement and it's a good habit to get into. And you feel so good after instead of sluggish, you're like, oh, I feel nice and refreshed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's something that that any of us can do at any time, no matter where you are, if you're on vacation, you're at, you know, you're at the beach, you're at, you know, mm-hmm. wherever you just take a quick walk, you know, 10 or 20 minutes. And, um, it has multiple benefits aside from just helping that, that blood sugar spike. Absolutely. Um, tell us about maybe some surprising foods or drinks. We talked a little bit about the drinks already, but maybe some surprising things that can spike your spike your blood sugar that most people don't think about. And I made a, a, a note to you uh, off the side about one thing in particular, but what are some things that maybe are even considered quote unquote healthy, but are really doing maybe some more bad than good? Okay. Well, yeah, the health the ones that seem healthy, like the one that we kind of talked about, we both oat milk. <laughs> and I feel so strongly about this one <laughs> because I, I loved my oat milk lattes yeah. for, you know, as much as the next person for the longest time until I saw what my blood sugar was doing. And you guys, I know they taste so good and they're so creamy and you think Mm -hmm. it's healthy because it's non-dairy, but like, if we think about what oat milk is, okay, it's just ground up oats, like mixed with water and oats are a carbohydrate. And like, typically they're adding, they're adding some sugar to it and they're probably also adding maybe some seed oils to mm. the oat milk as well, just for consistency and to make it last a little bit longer. Um, but that aside, it's basically a sugar bomb is how your body <laughs> processes oat milk. Okay. So you're, you're drinking sugar. First thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. Right? Yeah. yeah. Or maybe you go out for a coffee at 3 PM, you yeah. know, same thing empty stomach um and then maybe you also get some some sort of sweetener in that as well Mm. so I would recommend you could switch to an almond milk or an unsweetened creamer I like the nut pods creamer that's just it's coconut almond no sweetener at all it doesn't taste sweet Um, Or you can make your own. I know you recently started making your own, and I think that's Mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, Or if you could use, if you can tolerate dairy and you can do like a whole milk or even Mm -hmm. better, like a raw milk, 
yeah if you're like making it at home um that's gonna have like the complete profile like whole milk has got your it's got your protein it's got the fat um and so it's gonna be stabilize your blood sugar more than like a skim or a two percent would well, and I think too, like you said, you know, if, if people can tolerate a heavy, a heavy cream or a whole milk or a raw milk, you know, being mm-hmm. the, the best of those, yeah. um, that kind of has gotten a bad rap where almond milk is, or oat milk is glorified when really it should kind of be the other way around as long as you can tolerate it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I would say oat milk was one of one of the biggest ones. And then, oh, you know, we already just mentioned chips and salsa. And then I would say the other one that really shocked me was sushi. Mm, that <laughs> Which rice. is all the rice. Yeah. And I kind of thought that there would be enough protein in it to kind of blunt that. And that was one of the biggest glucose spikes I ever saw on my glucose monitor. Were you, have you ever tried, um, sushi with cauliflower rice? I haven't. Okay. I saw a recipe. I'll have to send it to you. Um, but it's, it's making kind of your own sushi at home with all the same yummy things, but using cauliflower rice instead of regular rice. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other things you can think about that are quote unquote healthy, um, that could, that could cause spikes. Like I know for me, kombucha I, I love it and I still drink it, but I only drink like half a bottle instead of the entire bottle because it was giving me really intense spikes. But kombucha can be, you know, a healthy, a good thing for you. Um, yeah. Okay. So this is a hot take. Uh-oh. And people might come for me on this one. Oh, no. <laughs> and so this is kind of on the other side. So this might not raise your blood sugar, but it, can raise your insulin which okay. is dangerous because you think you're being healthy because it might say sugar free or you know no added sugar or mm-hmm. whatever but this is getting into like diet anything zero sugar uh, pretty much like the fake sweeteners right okay so not going to raise your blood sugar most likely but like it's tricking your body to think that there's going to be a blood sugar rise because it tastes sweet, right? So your body mm-hmm. already pumps out that insulin, but then there's no, there's no spike to bring it down. So you got all this, yeah, you've got all this excess insulin floating around and then it needs to be stored somewhere. Okay. So it can be, can be stored as fat, but um, Celsius. Oh no, I don't yeah. drink it, but I know a lot of people do. A lot of people do. I know. Oh. Celsius, anything with uh, sucralose. And that's a sweetener they use. Yep, that's a sweetener they use. And I would say for for any drink like that, you know, like Alani New, any of those um, drinks that are marketed to be healthy, no added sugar. um, It's a lot of like the energy drinks. Yeah. Anything like that, sucralose, uh, we already know like aspartame and diet right. coke is like not great, right. but sucralose is sneaky. 
Yeah. So I, I, did, I guess I, for that ingredient. I didn't realize the same kind of process was happening in your body just without the spike. Very interesting yeah. and dangerous. I mean, really in the long term, because you're like, oh, this is great. But as time goes on, your insulin ri- levels are going to be rising. Yeah. Especially having, experiencing any sort of weight loss resistance. Mm. I would say like, check the ingredients of what you're, what you're drinking. Okay. What, what, do you have an alternative for something like Celsius that you would suggest to someone? Honestly, coffee Coffee. (laughs) is the best pre-workout. And there are, I have found a couple sparkling waters that have caffeine in them. Um, I've, I've found them at Whole Foods. Um, I believe there's one called I don't know exactly how to say it. Maybe Ardor or something. It's A-R-D-O-R. And great because it has caffeine as well as L-theanine. And it pretty much just tastes like a LaCroix. Okay. We can add those to the show notes later if anybody wants to check out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Otherwise, I I would honestly just say coffee. Okay. It's going to be your best bet. Yeah, that's awesome. I think I told you before I used to be a big bang gal. Like I would get cases. (laughs) I would have a case of bang in my refrigerator and I had one every single day. So funny to me. (laughs) Yeah, not good. We learn, let me learn. I know, I know we do. Um, Okay, so give us some snack ideas people can either have on hand, like uh, if they're in the car, it's a busy day or they just don't have time to like, they want to reach for something snacky. Um, What are some good ideas to have on hand what are your favorite give me like your top three okay um chopsticks are great those like little beef jerky sticks I it's not enough for me if I were to just eat a chopstick so I would I would pair it with it pair something with it maybe like some sort of good quality cheese Mm -hmm. um another one that I I'm not I'm not doing eggs right now just because of the health journey that I'm on, trying to mm-hmm. figure some things out. But um, I love to keep hard-boiled eggs in my fridge. Okay. And I think that they are the best blood sugar balancing snack. Like, if you do two of those and you just slice them open and drizzle a little bit of olive oil, so that's like that's your healthy fat. That sounds so good. Yes, and then maybe like sprinkle some flaky sea salt or paprika mm. on them. Yeah, that is one of my because you you get your protein. You know, we all need to prioritize protein more. Yeah. Um, and then let's see another snack. I honestly just don't I don't eat a ton of snacks anymore yeah what I try to do is just to eat bigger meals okay like prioritize more protein at breakfast lunch and dinner so that I don't need a snack yeah because remember like if if you are eating something and the the snacks I just mentioned aren't going to spike your blood sugar but if you are eating um any other kind of snack then it is going to spike your blood sugar. And so the less spikes you can have in a day, and also like the longer you can go between your meals, like the fasting time is just going to be better for digestion. Um, but if, if you need something, you know, um, 
there are some protein out there. The less ingredients, the more protein, um, mm-hmm. fiber and fat, the better. If if you're in a pinch, a perfect bar with paired with something else might be okay. Okay. I love perfect bars, but they do have a lot of carbs in them. They do. They've yeah. also got fat and fiber, which mm-hmm. is, and the protein, which is good. Um, and another thing is everyone's blood sugar does not respond the same way. Yes. Um, which is where I would recommend maybe getting a glucose monitor to see how your body responds. Because Patty Lauren, you could eat like a handful of blueberries mm-hmm. and like be fine. Maybe yeah. your blood sugar only goes up a few points. I eat the same handful of blueberries and mine spikes like mm-hmm. out the wazoo. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I, before I got the glucose monitor, I got a finger stick prick thing mm-hmm. and I, I did mine and I did Brandon's and like the difference was like, I mean, he, I feel like he could eat like two pints of ice cream and he'd probably be fine. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's yeah. not, not really, but you know, I mean, it's, it is everyone's so unique and depending on what's going on in your body and hormones and, and we can go into like, you know, cycle syncing and how you're more, you know, possibly insulin, you know, sensitive during certain times of your menstrual cycle and, um, mm-hmm. you know, just eating different things like that. So yeah, I think a glucose monitor, if you can do it is just for a, sheer information standpoint from your own health perspective, just so you can make better informed decisions for yourself because nothing, nothing is one size fits all, you know, like just what you said, what works for me doesn't work for you and vice versa, you know, always. Um, okay. Give us three ways someone can start to improve their blood sugar, insulin levels starting like right now today on their next meal. What can they do? What can they add or takeaway? Yeah. Uh, I would say let's start at breakfast. Okay. Switch your breakfast from sweet to savory. So maybe no cereal, (laughs) (laughs) maybe ditch the cereal or pancakes, waffles, croissants, Mm. orange juice. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. I know fruit juice is is sneaky because it's got a it's got a lot of sugar with none of the fiber from the whole fruit to mm-hmm. kind of blunt that spike. So I would switch it from that to something savory. Really, the e- eggs are going to be your best bet. They've got so so many good nutrients, and I know that eggs have gotten a bad rap over the last not the last few years, but like before that with the whole. Um, low fat movement. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But an egg yolk has every single nutrient needed to grow a healthy brain. That's amazing. Yeah. And so eggs are really great for you as long as you don't have a sensitivity to them. Um, but eggs are great. Avocados, healthy fats, um, some low glycemic fruits like berries, blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, anything like that, that's going to be high fiber and lower your fruits. They're also high in antioxidants. 
Um, so yeah, switch your breakfast. We already kind of talked about making some changes to your coffee. And then just when you are eating a regular meal, and this is like when it makes sense, right? So maybe not if you're eating a bowl, but try to eat your, your fiber first. So that would be like your veggies. Try to eat your veggies first. And then it would be protein slash healthy fats. So okay. those next. And then try to save whatever your starchy carbohydrate is in your meal for last. So maybe so like fries or a roll yeah. or yes. this, whatever the, the carby thing is. Exactly. Exactly. So that just goes back to blunting that blood sugar spike. And it really does make a difference. Um, I, I read this study about how there was a girl who she ate, she ate a sandwich every single day for lunch. And I, I don't think that I would go this far. <laughs> uh. But she what she did was she just started deconstructing her sandwich. Okay. And she would eat like the lettuce and tomato first. Okay. And then like the cheese and whatever meat she had next. And then she would save her bread for last. Interesting. Yeah. And so she didn't change the meal. She just changed the order that she ate it. And she lost like five pounds. What? That's yeah. crazy. Wow. That's interesting. You'll have to find that. I'll, I want to want to read that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, it's in a book I have. So I will, okay. I will send a picture of that to you. Okay. But, cool. um, and then also, yeah, I would just say if you can walk more, one thing that we didn't really talk about is, and I don't know, maybe we're going to get to this, um, but not getting enough sleep can also Let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It jump can into it. Throw your blood sugar. So if, especially if you're a female, well, I'll say like male and female, if you get less than seven to eight hours of sleep a night, um, it can throw your blood sugar off the rest of the day. Um, okay. and then this is for females. And this is a mistake I made for a period of time in my life. And Pylorn, I don't know if you ever did this, but I would I would wake up at like four forty five or five AM, drink a coffee, mm. and then go to kickboxing at like Yeah, girl. I did that for years. Yeah. <laughs> so what's wrong with me? <laughs> it's so bad for you. It's so bad for you as as a female because you're sacrificing your sleep, right? Yeah. And then you're drinking a coffee. So your your cortisol <laughs> spikes highest in the morning to wake you up. And you're drinking coffee on an empty stomach. So it's going to spike that cortisol higher. Yep. And then you are going and doing a high-intensity workout, like first thing before you eat. And it's spiking that cortisol even higher. Um, yeah. And then if you do that in the luteal phase of your cycle, so that's after ovulation, if you, even if you just like wake up at 5 a.m. in your luteal phase as a female and like try to start doing things in your day, it's going to throw your blood sugar off. So like thinking of all these things combined. 
it's not it a combination. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of a disaster for your hormones. Well, and I mean, I think, and we can, you know, I would love to talk about this with you during the cycle syncing episode, but, um, you know, you, no wonder so many of us as females, like during our cycle have like swings of mood swings and cravings. And really Mm -hmm. what it all comes down to a lot is your, you know, your blood sugar, your sleep, and then like, you know, the activities that you're doing and like waking up at four and 5am to go work out is like, it's, it may be, you may think it's good in the short term, but in the long term, you're, you're really doing the opposite of what you want to be doing for your body. Yeah. yeah Have you heard of exactly. a book called Fast Like a Girl? I, I've heard of it. I have not read it. Okay. So my doctor wants me to read this book and she recommended it to me. And so I have it downloaded on my Kindle, but I don't know anything about it other than what she told me, but it's basically about cycle syncing and your hormones and estrogen and the things that we eat and do around different periods of our cycle and what we need more of and how it really makes a huge impact on those numbers and your hormone levels. Um, So I am excited to kind of dive into that, but um, yeah, less than, so you're saying less than seven to eight hours of sleep for most adults is mm-hmm. not optimal. Okay. How many right. hours of sleep do you try to get a night? I try to get eight. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. If, if I get less than that, it's, it's not great for me. Okay. <laughs> I really uh, value my sleep. Same, same. Um, since I got my aura ring, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a constant, challenge with myself, like how many hours of sleep I can get. Yeah. And just, I mean, the difference, like that's such a tangible way to see how your body recovers, whether you, you know, when you're getting six hours of sleep compared to when you're getting eight to nine, you know, or maybe even more depending on what you need. Oh yeah. And when I get less, if I get closer to six, I will feel hungover like the next day. Like that's, just from not getting enough sleep. A sleep hangover. So, it's not good. Okay. Yeah. Um, a couple more questions. One one last thing about um, like blood sugar and looking at kind of from a lab perspective. So A1C, a lot of people, especially, I feel like everyone should get this checked routinely, but I feel like it's only when we start to get a little older that there is like a, a you know, a concern or, you know, a wanting to check that. Tell us what that is and how we can, how we can lower that and what determines if you're pre-diabetic, um, where those numbers should fall to kind of be optimal. Yeah. So what your A1C is, it's just an average of your blood sugar over a span of about three months. And so if your blood sugar is spiking high all the time, then that number is going to be higher. Um, and so it's, you can easily, maybe not easily, but you, you can definitely bring it down without medication. And that's something we see a lot of on TV, like lower your A1C, yes. take this pill. Yes. When you can, you're saying with lifestyle and diet changes, you could see the same improvements probably for most people. Yeah. Yeah. Just eating more balanced meals, 
getting protein, fiber, healthy fats in, in every single meal, um, increasing your movement. So like, I like to think muscle is money, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, weight lifting um, is going to help your body handle uh, blood sugar spikes better and then um, just increasing your movement so that's like walking that's your that's your non-exercise movement Um, again getting more sleep um, even like lowering your stress levels can help you handle your blood sugar better that's a whole other other topic about how that affects us I know I know but all those things like can help you a1c okay Um, and maybe somebody makes those changes for a few months you know some some of those small changes that you mentioned today and then maybe they get it rechecked and they can kind of see if they're on the right track if maybe that's a um alternative to getting the glucose monitor if they can't do that maybe every you know three months just kind of see if you're you're making some improvements in those numbers right because you can yeah you can talk to your doctor, sometimes I will say this, uh, or this is, this has been my experience. Um, sometimes if you don't have, you know, X, Y, Z symptoms, um, you might be told no. Interesting. And asking for certain labs. Okay. Hmm. Um, but as I know you have experienced as well as me, like you have to you have to be your own advocate. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so if if you want this for preventative, like you just have to stand your ground. You know, I know I, a few years ago, I wanted my insulin checked. I wanted my blood sugar checked and they told me no. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Even though I knew that I had, I knew it was hypoglycemic. I knew something wasn't right. But because, um they did check my, they checked my blood sugar, just like one time finger prick, which that doesn't tell you right anything except in that one moment. Right. Um, and they didn't even ask me if I was fasting or not. So <laughs> or that's a like doctor. a whole other thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but really like you do have to be your own advocate. So yes, like get your A1C checked and then Even if your doctor tells you that it's normal, I would go, or maybe they say, oh, it's not of concern yet. Yeah. I would get it checked again in a few months. And And you really just kind of have to be adamant about that. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm all about that. And if they refuse you, like that's, that's for me, that's like, I'm finding a new doctor at that point. Like, yeah. Um, but, and ask for your labs, like I'm shocked, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm used to what I'm used to and I'm, I'm shocked at how many, um, doctors don't give patients a copy of their labs or they don't have a portal where they can access their labs. So they tell you, oh, you're within range. Well, with, within range could mean a ton of things. It doesn't mean you're optimal. And if you're wanting to optimize, like how can you do that if you're not given the information? So I would always say on top of that too, like always ask for a copy of your labs or if you have a patient portal, ask that they're uploaded there. Yeah. 
There's yeah. no reason you should not have access to those. Those are your medical records. Exactly. Okay. So a question that came in from the community was someone who is hypoglycemic. So that is where you have um, low blood blood sugar and it falls below normal. Um, Their question was, what can they do to help bring their blood sugar back up to base, but without causing a spike? Do you have any suggestions? Yeah. Um, I love this question because hypoglycemia is just something I struggled with for years. And well, I, I had a doctor tell me that I should just kind of ride out the drop and not eat anything because like you're your body will release sugar back into your blood and bring it back up to a normal baseline. But before that happens, you're going to feel like you might pass out or you're really shaky. You're really dizzy. So, and for me in those moments, you're like, I'm not going to make it. (laughs) I I can't ride this out. Um, But something, what I would say not to do, don't, don't grab something sweet. Don't try not to reach for candy um, or anything high in sugar. I definitely would try to avoid something like dried fruit, the sneaky one. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, if you could do like some nuts, even a trail mix is going to be better. Nuts. Yeah, that that's going to have like some healthy fats and a little bit of protein in it. Um, but don't, don't go for a soda. Don't go for anything sugary or anything carby. That's what your body's going to want. Mm-hmm. But the reality of reactive hypoglycemia is that it's being caused from what you ate in your last meal. Interesting. Yeah. And so say you ate something and maybe you had something sweet or something with some, with a lot of carbohydrates and maybe not, but what happened is your body releases too much insulin. Okay. And so it, it brings your, your glucose levels crashing down so how you said earlier like you have what what goes up must come down when you Mm -hmm. go up if you're hypoglycemic when you come down you go like way down way down okay yeah and so and I would like to say like as as far as I have seen um this if it's reactive hypoglycemia like you can definitely reverse it um in my experience and with myself, like I said, I struggled with it for years and years and years. Um, and the, the best way to do that is really by making sure one that you're eating enough in each meal, but also that you are prioritizing protein, getting some fiber and some healthy fats, um, to pair it with your carbs. You, you don't need to eat every 90 minutes yeah like that's a lie (laughs) that's a lie and you might just be continually 
spiking and feeding that hypoglycemia. And that's the opposite of what we want to do. So you want to be able to go at least like four hours between your meals. Okay. Um, So the, the smaller spikes you can have in a meal, the less you will probably have that reaction. That's where you're saying, making sure you're eating enough at each one of those meals and really prioritizing your protein and your fat and your fiber. So that's going to help keep you full and your blood sugar balanced. So you're less likely to have one of those spikes in between your meals. Is that? Yeah. Because the less your body will, you kind of have to make that change uh, slowly. um, Especially if you are super hypoglycemic, um, because your body will need to get used to not needing to pump out as much insulin. Okay. Right now it might be expecting that it needs to pump out a lot every time you eat. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah. All right. That's helpful. And I think like, you know, I always people who are hypoglycemic, you know, you always see in the movies or whatever, you know, they reach for a candy or, you know, <laughs> orange juice or, But like, that's, that's the opposite of really what should be happening. Yeah. It's just going to send your blood sugar right back up and then it's going to come right back down. Right back down. Oh man. Caitlin, that was so much good information. Is there anything that you'd like to share? Anything that we didn't cover that you want to pop in here before we sign off? I think just that balancing, everybody is different, right? And everybody's body can process things a little bit differently like we mentioned about the blood about the blueberries but balancing your blood sugar is for everybody like Mm. whether you are pre-diabetic diabetic diabetic, or maybe you're super healthy like that like this is for everybody Mm -hmm. um and so I would say like if you can just take you know like one thing from this like maybe you walk start walking after meals or just reordering um, the order in which you eat your the foods in your meal, like that would be beneficial to you. I love that. Blood sugar yeah. balancing is for everyone. Um, okay. Tell people where they can find you online for all of your great tips and maybe some dating stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> my, uh, on social media, my Instagram is at, Caitlin underscore Tate. Um, And then I also have a nutrition Instagram. It's just not super active right now. Um, And so, and that one is at nutrition with Kate and it's C-A-I-T. And my full name is L-Y-N. So that's where you can find me. And um, yeah. Yay. Well, I will definitely add those. I'm so glad. I'm so excited that we talked about this and I feel like we covered some really good tangible things that um, are super doable and people can implement today and it's encouraging and um, you know, it's a, it's a lifelong journey. So um, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming on and yeah, until then, until next time team um, live well and be happy and we will talk to you soon.